0: Hoy vamos a leer Isaías, capítulo 40. Bienvenidos. Hay que tener gozo y paz. Esa es una decisión. Decidir de que, neta, Señor, si soy pecador, necesito tu ayuda. Limpia mi alma y mi corazón. Perdóname por todos mis pecados y ayúdame. A llegar al cielo contigo. Gracias por los nuevos hechos que me que has cumplido por mí. Amén. Amén. Ahora vamos a a leer capítulo 40. De Isaías. ¿Okay? ¿Por qué empezamos en 40? Porque 40 es donde entra Jesús. Primero, los primeros, 1 a 39, está el Señor castigando a Israel. Y y cómo los castigó, y castigo, y castigo. Pero ahora, como llegó nuestro Salvador, Jesucristo, estamos bendecidos, bendecidos, bendecidos. y, Y en esta forma... Estamos bien con Dios, ok. Dios consuela a Jerusalén. Dios dijo: Consuelen a mi pueblo, denle ánimo, hablen con mucho cariño a los habitantes de Jerusalén, a alguien mis- de mi parte que ya han dejado de ser esclavos. Ya les hice pagar por sus pecados. Y el castigo que han recibido es más que suficiente. El camino de Dios en el desierto. Isaías anunció. Preparen para Dios un camino en el desierto. Rellenen todos los valles y conviertan en llanura la región montañosa. Entonces Dios mostrará su poder y su poder. Y lo verá la humanidad entera. Dios así lo ha dicho. Acuérdense que esto es lo que dijo uh, Juan Bautista. Aquí están hablando de Juan Bautista. que va a llegar el Señor. Que arrepiéntense y abren sus corazones. Y, y, y digan, neta, Señor, soy pecador. Entra en mi corazón. So ahora prepárense porque el Señor... Va a llegar a los que cumplieron esto, murieron, recibieron instrucciones, le hicieron sí al Señor a la cruz de nuestro Jesucristo. Y ahora vamos a seguir las bendiciones, el aceite que nos va a dar de gozo del cielo. Amén. Ok, versículo 6, el poder de la palabra de Dios. Alguien me ordenó que gritará y yo pregunto, ¿qué debo gritar? Entonces escuché, Grita que todo ser humano es como la hierba y como las flores del campo. Grita que la hierba se seca y las flores se marchitan. Cuando Dios lanza sobre ellas el viento del desierto, en cambio la palabra de Dios permanece para siempre. Dios llega con poder. Dios le dijo a Isaías, Súbete a una montaña y anuncia estas buenas noticias. A los habitantes de Jerusalén, no tengas miedo. Grita con todas tus fuerzas y di a las ciudades de Judá. Aquí viene nuestro Dios. Viene con todo su poder. Dios es un rey poderoso y trae con él a su pueblo, el pueblo que ha llegado. Viene cuidando a su pueblo como cuida un pastor a su rebaño. Lleva en brazos a los corderos y guía con cuidado a las ovejas que acaban de tener su cría. Nadie es más grande que Dios. Isaías dijo, Dios puede medir el océano con la palma de su mano. Puede calcular con los dedos toda la extensión del cielo. Dios es capaz de recoger todo el polvo de la tierra y de pasar en una balanza los cerros y las montañas. A Dios nadie le enseña nada. Nadie le da consejos ni lecciones de ciencia y sabiduría. Las naciones son para él como una gota de agua como un grano de polvo en la balanza. Los poderosos países que están en las islas del mar son para él lo mismo que un simple grano de arena. No hay en los bosques del Libano animales ni leñas suficientes para presentar en sueltar una ofrenda como él se la merece. Para Dios nada valen las naciones, Son lo mismo que nada. Los ídolos no son Dios. A Dios no podemos compararlo con nada ni con nadie. No puede ser representado con ninguna imagen. Los escultores fabrican estatutas. Los joyeros las recubren de oro y les ponen cadenitas de plata. Los que no tienen dinero buscan un palo que no se pudra y se lo llevan a un artesano. Pero este por más hábil que sea, hace un ídolo que ni pararse puede. Pero a Dios no podemos compararlo con ninguna de esas imágenes. El poder de Dios. Ustedes saben muy bien y ya lo han oído decir que Dios tiene su trono muy por encima del cielo. Desde allí, Dios nos ve como si fuéramos insectos. Dios extiende el cielo como un toldo, lo levanta como una carpa para vivir en ella. Dios hace que los poderosos de este mundo desparrezcan como plantas, tierra y sin raíces. Esas plantas se marchitan y se las llevan el huracán. La grandeza de Dios, nuestro santo Dios afirma, con nadie me pueden comparar, nadie puede igualarse a mí. Isaías dijo, levanten los ojos al cielo. ¿Quién ha creado todo esto? Dios hace que salgan las estrellas. Las llamas por su nombre y las ordena una por una. Es tan grande su poder que nunca falta una estrella. Pueblo de Israel, ¿por qué te quejas? ¿Por qué crees que Dios no se preocupa por ti? Tú debes saber que Dios no se cansa como nosotros. Debes saber que su inteligencia es más de lo que imaginamos. Y debes saber que su poder ha creado todo lo que existe. Dios le da nuevas fuerzas a los débiles y cansados. Los jóvenes se cansan por más fuerte que sean, pero los que confían en Dios siempre tendrán nuevas fuerzas. Podrían volar como las águilas, podrían caminar sin cansarse y correr sin fatigarse. Amén. Voy a leerla en otras diferentes translations, traducciones y escu- escuchen. Gracias por oír. La buena noticia de la liberación. Isaías 40. Consuelen, consuelen a mi pueblo, dice su Dios. Hablen al corazón de Jerusalén, anúnciéle a gritos que se acabó su servidumbre, que su culpa ha sido perdonada, que han recibido de mano del Señor doble castigo por sus extravios. Una voz anuncia a gritos, preparen en el desierto un camino al Señor, allanen en la estepa una senda a nuestro Dios. Las vaguadas serán levantadas, montañas y colinas allanadas. El tortuoso será enderezado. El escabroso será aplanado. Aparecería la gloria del Señor, y todo ser vivo podrá ver que ha hablado la boca del Señor. Dice una voz, grita. Respondo, ¿qué he de gritar? Que todo ser vivo es hierba, su hermosura flor del campo. Se seca la hierba, se amustia la flor, cuando sopla sobre ellas el aliento del Señor. Ciertamente como hierba es el pueblo, se seca la hierba, se amustia la flor, permanece Inmutable la palabra del Señor Dios. Súbete a un monte encumbrado, tú que traes buenas nuevas a Sion. Alza luego con fuerza tu voz, que tú que traes buenas nuevas a Jerusalén, alza tu voz sin miedo. Di a las ciudades de Judá, aquí tienen a su Dios, aquí llega con fuerzas el Señor Dios. Su brazo lo proporciona poder. Aquí llega acompañado de su salario. Su recompensa le abre camino. Conduce a su rebaño como un pastor. Lo va reuniendo con sus brazos. Lleva en su regazo a los corderos. Va guiando a los que crían el Dios Creador y, lo, y los ídolos. ¿Quién ha medido con su mano el mar, o ha calculado a palmos el cielo, o ha metido en su recipiente el polvo de la tierra? ¿Quién ha pesado los montes en la balanza, o calculado en el peso las colinas? ¿Quién podrá medir el Espíritu del Señor ¿O le enseñará lo que ha de hacer? ¿De quién se aconsejó para entender, para aprender el camino de la justicia, para que le enseñara a conocer y le mostrará la senda del discernimiento? Vean lo que son las naciones, una gota que se ocurre en, de un cubo, un grano de tierra en la alabanza. Vean lo que son las islas, una mota de polvo en un peso. El libano no da abasto la leña. Los animales no dan abastos de víctimas. Ante él nada son las naciones, las tiene por nada de nada. ¿Con quién compararán a Dios y a qué imagen lo asemejarán? El escultor fundó un ídolo funde, el orfebro lo recubre de oro, le funde adornos de plata, el que es pobre se recursos elige madera incorruptible. Se busca un escultor profesional que le haga una imagen consistente. ¿No lo saben ni lo han oído? ¿No se lo han dicho desde el principio? ¿No han llegado a entender cómo se sostiene la tierra? Él habita en el orbe terrestre. Sus habitantes le parecen saltamontes. ¿Despliega el cielo como un toldo y lo extiende como tienda habitable? Él convierte en nada a los príncipes y transforma en nulidad a los gobernantes. Apenas los plantan, apenas los siembran, apenas arriegan sus tallos en tierra, si sopla sobre ellos, se agostan, y al vendaval los avienta como paja. ¿Con quién me compararán? ¿Con quién me asemejarán? Dice el Santo: Levanten los ojos a lo alto, vean quién ha creado estas cosas, el que saca a su ejército innumerable y llama a cada cual por su nombre, tan sobrado de poder y de fuerza que no puede fallarle ninguno. ¿Por qué afirmas, Jacob, y andas diciendo Israel: Mi conducta está oculta del Señor, mi Dios se desentiende? de mi causa no lo sabes no has oído que el señor es un dios eterno creador de los confines de la tierra no se cansa ni desfallece su inteligencia es inescrutable la fuerza alcanzado aumenta el vigor de los débiles los jóvenes se cansan y se agotan una y otra vez tropiezan los mozos Recobran en camino sus fuerzas, los que esperan en el Señor. Alanza su vuelvo como las águilas. Corren, pero no se cansan, andan y no se fatigan. Dios consuela a Jerusalén. Dios dijo, consuelen a mi pueblo, denle ánimo, hablen con mucho cariño a los habitantes de Jerusalén, y anúncienles de mi parte que ya han dejado de ser esclavos. Ya les hice pagar por sus pecados, y el castigo que han recibido es más que suficiente. El camino de Dios en el desierto. Isaías anunció, Preparen para Dios un camino en el desierto. Rellenen todos los valles y conviertan en llanura la región montañosa. Entonces Dios mostrará su poder y lo verá la humanidad entera. Dios así lo ha dicho. El poder de la palabra de Dios. Alguien me ordenó que gritará y yo pregunté, ¿qué debo gritar? Entonces escuché, grita que todo ser humano es como la hierba y como las flores del campo grita que la hierba se seca y las flores se marchitan cuando Dios lanza sobre ellas el viento del desierto. En cambio, las palabras de Dios permanecen para siempre. Dios llega con poder. Dios le dijo a Isaías, súbete a una montaña y anuncia estas buenas noticias a los habitantes de Jerusalén. No tengas miedo. Grita con todas sus fuerzas y di a las ciudades de Judá. Aquí viene nuestro Dios, viene con todo su poder. Dios es un rey poderoso y trae con él a su pueblo. El pueblo que ha liberado, vienen cuidando a su pueblo, como cuida un pastor en su rebaño. Lleva en brazos a los corderos, Y guía con cuidado a las ovejas que acaban de tener su cría. Nadie es más grande que Dios. Isaías dijo: Dios puede medir el océano con la palma de su mano, puede calcular con los dedos todas las extensiones del cielo. Dios es capaz de recoger todo el polvo en la tierra y de pesar en una balanza los cerros y las montañas. A Dios nadie le enseña nada. Nadie le da consejos, ni lecciones de ciencia y sabiduría. Las naciones son para él como una gota de agua, como un grano de polvo en la balanza. Los poderosos países que están en las islas del mar son para él lo mismo que un simple grano de arena no hay en los bosques del libano animales ni leña suficiente para presentar en su altar una ofrenda como él se la merece para dios nada valen las naciones son lo mismo que nada los ídolos no son dios a dios no podemos compararlo con nada ni con nadie. Ni puede ser representado con ninguna imagen. Los escultores fabrican estatutas. Los joyeros las recubren de oro y les ponen con candenitas de plata. Los que no tienen dinero buscan un palo que no se pudra y se lo llevan a un artesano. Pero éste, por más hábil que sea, hace un ídolo que ni parece, puede pararse. Pero a Dios no podemos compararlo con ninguna de estas imágenes. El poder de Dios. Ustedes saben muy bien, y ya lo han oído decir, que Dios tiene su trono muy por encima del cielo. Desde allí Dios nos ve como si fuéramos insectos. Dios extiende el cielo como un toldo, lo levanta como una carpa para vivir en ella. Dios hace que los poderosos de este mundo desaparezcan como plantas tiernas y sin raíces. Esas plantas se marchitan y se las lleva el huracán la grandeza de Dios. Nuestro santo Dios afirma, con nadie me pueden comparar, nadie puede igualarse a mí. Isaías dijo, levanten los ojos al cielo, ¿quién ha creado todo esto? Dios hace que salgan las estrellas, las llama por su nombre y las ordena una por una. Es tan grande su poder que nunca falta una estrella. Pueblo de Israel, ¿por qué te quejas? ¿Por qué crees que Dios no se preocupa por ti? Tú debes saber que Dios no se cansa como nosotros. Debes saber que su inteligencia es más de lo que imaginamos. Y debes saber que su poder ha creado todo lo que existe. Dios les da nuevas fuerzas a los débiles y los cansados. Los jóvenes se cansan por más fuerte que sean. Pero los que confían en Dios siempre tendrán nuevas fuerzas. Podrán volar volar como las águilas, podrán caminar sin cansarse y correr sin fatigarse. Isaías 40. Traducción Nueva Versión Internacional Consuelen para el pueblo de Dios Consuelen, consuelen a mi pueblo, dice su Dios. Hablen con cariño a Jerusalén y anúncienle que ya ha cumplido su tiempo de servicio, que ya ha pagado por su iniquidad que ya ha recibido de las manos del Señor el doble por todos sus pecados. Una voz proclama, «Preparen el desierto un camino para el Señor. Enderezan en la estapa un sendero para nuestro Dios, que se levanten todos los valles y se allanen todos los montes y colinas» que el terreno escabroso se nivele y se alicen las quebradas. Entonces se revelará la gloria del Señor y la verá toda la humanidad. El Señor mismo lo ha dicho. Una voz dice, proclama. ¿Y qué voy a proclamar? Respondió yo que todo mortal es como la hierba y toda su gloria como la flor del campo, la hierba se seca y la flor se marchita, porque el aliento del Señor sopla sobre ellos. Sin duda, el pueblo de es hierba. La hierba se seca y la flor se marchita, pero la palabra de nuestro Dios permanece para siempre. Sion, portadora de buenas noticias, Súbete a una alta montaña. Jerusalén, portadora de buenas noticias, alza con fuerza tu voz. Al, álzala, no temas. Di a las ciudades de Judá, aquí está tu Dios. Miren, el Señor omnipotente llega con poder y con su brazo gobierna. Su galardón lo acompaña. Su recompensa lo precede. Como un pastor que cuida su rebaño recoge los corderos en sus brazos, los lleva como junto a su pecho y guía con cuidado a los recién paridas. ¿Quién ha medido las aguas con la palma de su mano y ha abarcado entre sus dedos la extensión de los cielos? ¿Quién metió en una medida el polvo de la tierra? ¿Quién pesó en una alabanza las montañas y los cerros? ¿Quién puede medir el alcance del Espíritu del Señor? ¿O quién puede servirle de consejero? ¿A quién consultó el Señor para ilustrarse? ¿Y quién le enseñó el camino de la justicia? ¿Quién le impartió conocimiento? o lo hizo conocer la senda de la inteligencia. A los ojos de Dios, las naciones son como una gota de agua en un balde, como una brisna de polvo en una balanza. El Señor pesa las islas como si fueran polvo fino. El libano no alcanza para el fuego de su altar, ni todos sus animales para los holocaustos. Todas las naciones no son nada en su presencia ni tienen para él favor, el favor, valor alguno. ¿Con quién compararán a Dios? ¿Con qué imagen lo representarán? Al ídolo en escultor lo funde, un joyero lo enchapa en oro y le labra cadenas de planta. El quien es muy pobre para ofrendar Escoge madera que no se pudra y busca un hábil aterzano para erigir un ídolo que no se caiga. ¿Acaso no lo sabían ustedes? ¿No se habían enterrado? ¿No se les dijo desde el principio? ¿No le entendieron desde la fundación del mundo? ¿El reina sobre la bóveda de la tierra? cuyos habitantes son como langostas, Él extiende los cielos como un toldo y los despliega como carpa para ser habitadas. Él anula a los poderosos y a nada reduce a los gobernantes de este mundo. Escasamente han sido plantados, apenas han sido sembrados, apenas echan raíces en la tierra, cuando Él sopla sobre ellos y se marchitan, y el huracán los arrasa como paja. ¿Con quién entonces me compararán ustedes? ¿Quién es igual a mí? Dice el Santo. Alcen los ojos y miren a los cielos. ¿Quién ha creado todo esto? Y que el que ordena la multitud de estrellas Una por una. Él llama a cada una por su nombre. Es tan grande su poder y tan poderosa su fuerza que no falta ninguna de ellas. ¿Por qué murmuras, Jacob? ¿Por qué refunfuñas, Israel? Refunfuñas, Israel. Mi cambio está escondido del Señor. Mi camino está escondido del Señor. Mi Dios ignora mi derecho. ¿Acaso no lo sabes? ¿Acaso no te has enterrado? El Señor es el Dios eterno, creador de los confines de la tierra. No se cansa ni se fatiga y su inteligencia es insondable. Él fortalece el cansado y acrecienta las fuerzas del débil. Aún los jóvenes se cansan, se fatigan y los muchachos tropiezcan y caen. Pero los que confían en el Señor renovarán sus fuerzas, volarán como las águilas, correrán y no se fatigan, caminarán y no se cansarán. Amén. Isaías 41. Isaías 41. Guardar silencio ante mí, Costas, y renueven sus fuerzas los pueblos. Acérquense y entonces hablen. Juntos, vengamos a juicio. ¿Quién ha levantado del oriente al que él llama en justicia a sus pies? Ante él entrega naciones y a reyes somete. Los deja como polvo con su espada, como hojarasca dispersa con su arco. Los persigue pasando seguros por una senda por donde no habían andado sus pies. ¿Quién lo ha hecho y lo ha realizado? Llamando a las generaciones del del principio. Yo, el Señor, soy el primero, y con los postreros soy. Las costas han visto y temen, tiemblan los confines de la tierra, se han acercado y han venido. Cada uno ayuda a su prójimo y dice a su hermano, Sé fuerte, el aterfice anima al fundidor, y el que alisa el martillo al que bate al yunque. Diciendo a los soldadura, está bien, entonces asegura sus obras con clavos para que no se mueva. Pero tú, Israel, siervo mío, Jacob, a quien he escogido, descendientes de Abraham, mi amigo, tú, a quien tomé de los confines de la tierra, y desde sus lugares más remotos te llamé. Y te dije, mi siervo eres tú, yo te he escogido y no te he rechazado. No temas, porque yo estoy contigo. No te desalientes, porque yo soy tu Dios. Te fortaleceré, ciertamente te ayudaré. Sí, te sostendré con la diestra de mi justicia. He aquí todos los que se enojan contra ti serán avergonzados y humillados. Los que contienen contigo serán como nada y perecerán. Buscarás a los que riñen contigo, pero no los hallarás. Serán como nada, como si no existieran los que te hacen guerra. Porque yo soy el Señor, tu Dios, que sostiene tu diestra, que te dice, no temas, yo te ayudaré. No temas, gusano de Jacob, vosotros, hombres de Israel, yo te ayudaré, declara el Señor. Y tu Redentor es el Santo Israel, he aquí, te he convertido en trillo nuevo, cortante de doble filo. Trillarás los montes y los harás polvo, y los callados dejarás como hoja rasca. Los aventarás al viento, se los llevará, y la tempestad los dispersará. Pero tú regocijarás en el Señor, en el Santo de Israel te gloriarás. Los afligidos y los necios buscan agua, pero no hay la hay, no la hay. Su lengua está reseca de sed. Yo, el Señor, les responderé. Yo, el Dios Israel, no los abandonaré. Abriré ríos en las alturas desoladas y manantiales en medio de los valles. Transformé el desierto en estanque de aguas. Y la tierra seca en manantiales. Pondré en los desiertos el cedro, la acacia, el mirio y el olivo. Pondré en el yermo los cipres junto con el olmo y el boj Para que vean en y entiendan, consideren y comprendan a una que la mano del Señor ha hecho esto. Que el Santo de Israel lo ha creado. Presentar vuestra causa, dice el Señor. Exponed vuestros fuertes argumentos, dice el rey de Jacob. Que expongan y nos declaran lo que ha de suceder. En cuanto a los hechos anteriores, declara lo que fueron, para que los consideremos y sepamos su resultado. O bien, anunciadnos lo que ha de venir. Declara declarar lo que ha de venir después para que sepamos que vosotros sois dioses si hacer algo bueno o malo para que nos desalentemos y temamos a una he aquí vosotros nada sois y vuestra obra es vana abominación él es el que es os escoge del norte levántate a uno y ha venido El nacimiento del sol invocará mi nombre y vendrá sobre los gobernantes como sobre todo lodo. Como el alfarero pisotea el barro, quien lo anunció desde el principio para que supiéramos o desde tiempos antiguos para que dijéramos, tienen razón, ciertamente no había quien lo anunciara. Si no había quien lo proclamara, ciertamente no había quien oyerá vuestras palabras. Dije primero a Sion, mira, aquí están, y a Jerusalén, os daré un mensajero de buenas nuevas. Pero cuando miró, no hay nadie, y entre ellos no hay consejeros. ¿A quiénes, si les pregunto, pueden responder? He aquí, todos ellos son falsos, sus obras inútiles. Viento y vacuidad, sus imágenes fundidas. Amén. Este fue por la Biblia. La Biblia de las Américas. Ja. Ok. Thank you. Gracias. Isaías 41, Nueva Biblia Viviente, Nueva Biblia Viva, El Amparo de Israel. Escuchen, silenciosas ante mí, oh tierras de ultramar, presenten sus más sólidos argumentos. Adelante, tienen la palabra, el tribunal está listo para sus proceso. ¿Quién ha incitado a éste desde el oriente que encuentra la victoria a cada paso? ¿Quién será sino el Señor? Dios le ha dado victoria sobre muchas naciones y le ha permitido pisotear a reyes y atravesar con la espada ejércitos enteros. Él los persigue y marcha adelante libre de peligro aunque ande por sendas desconocidas. ¿Quién ha realizado tales proezas dirigiendo los asuntos de las generaciones de los seres humanos conforme éstas se suceden? Yo, el Señor, el primero y el último, solo yo soy. Las tierras del ultramar observan aterrorizadas, Y esperan noticias de las nuevas compañías de Ciro, naciones remotas y tiemblan y se movilizan para la guerra. Cada varón anima a su vecino diciendo: No te preocupes, no triunfará. Pero van presurosos y hacerse un nuevo ídolo. El tallador corre al al orfebre y el forjador ayuda el yunque muy bien. Dicen, está saliendo muy bien. Ahora podemos soldarle los brazos. Cuidadosamente le pegan las extremidades y luego aseguran el monigote a su sitio para que no se caiga. Pero tú, Israel, eres mío, mi pueblo elegido, porque eres la descendiencia de Abraham, y él fue mi amigo. Te he llamado de los confines de la tierra, y he dicho que sólo a mí has de servir, pues yo te he elegido, y no te desecharé. No temas, pues, yo estoy contigo, no te desanimes, yo soy tu Dios, yo te fortaleceré, yo te ayudaré, yo te sostendré con mi triunfante mano diestra. Mira, todos tus furiosos enemigos están echados, confusos y esparcidos. Todo el que se te exponga morirá. En vano los buscarás, habrán desaparecido. Yo te sostengo tomándote de la mano derecha. Yo, el Señor, Dios tuyo, y te digo, no vengas. No tengas temor, estoy aquí para ayudarte. Aunque seas despreciado, no temas, oh Israel, porque yo te auxiliaré. Yo soy el Señor, tu Redentor. Yo soy el Santo Israel, serás nuevo instrumento, trillador de agudos dientes para destrozar a todos los enemigos, convirtiendo en paja los montes. Los lanzarás al aire, el viento los arrastrará, los torbellinos los esparcirán, y estarán rebosantes de júbilo del Señor, se glorirán en el Dios de Israel. Cuando los pobres y menesterosos busquen agua sin hallarla, y tengan la lengua reseca de sed, yo responderé cuando clamen a mí, yo. El Dios de Israel, no los abandonaré jamás. Abriré para ellos ríos en las altas mesetas. Les daré fuentes de aguas en los valles. En los desiertos abre estanques de agua y ríos alimentados por manantiales correrán por la tierra seca y sedienta. Yo plantaré árboles, cedros, mirtos, olivos, cipreses, abetos y pinos en la tierra estéril. Todos verán este milagro y comprenderán que es Dios quien lo hizo, el Santo de Israel. ¿Pueden sus ídolos presentar tales obras? Que vengan y muestren lo que pueden hacer, dice Dios el Rey de Israel. Que procuren decirnos que... Ocurrió en el pasado lejano o que guarda el futuro. Si a la prueba, si son dioses, digamos lo que va a ocurrir en el porvenir o realicen algún mali- milagro que nos deje antónitos, estupefactos. Pero no, son menos que nada y nada pueden hacer. El que los elegía y habría que examinar la cabeza. Pero yo he incitado a Siro desde el norte y es el este. Él se lanzará contra las naciones. Invocará mi nombre y yo le daré victoria sobre reyes y principios. En los, él los pisoteará como alfarero que anda sobre la ardía, Arcía. ¿Quién si no yo les digo que esto iba a ocurrir? ¿Qué otro le predijo? Forzándolos a reconocer que tenían razón. Nadie más, ningún otro dijo nada. Yo fui el primero que que dijo a Jerusalén, Mira, mira, ya viene el auxilio. Ninguno de sus ídolos les dijo esto. Ninguno respondió cuando yo pregunté. Fíjense, todos son objetos ridículos e indignos. Sus ídolos son tan vacíos como el viento. Nueva Biblia viva. Vean a mi siervo, Isaías 42, a quien yo sostengo, mi elegido en quien me delito. En él he puesto mi espíritu. Él mostrará lo que es justicia a las naciones del mundo. Será apacible, no gritará ni reñirá en las calles, no quebrará la caña maltratada ni apagará la llama vacilante, se encargará de que se haga plena justicia a las víctimas de injusticia y no se dará por satisfecho hasta que la verdad y la justicia prevalezcan en toda la tierra, y hasta que las lejanas tierras de ultramar hayan puesto en él su confianza. El Señor Dios que creó el cielo y lo extendió, y creó la tierra y cuando hay en ella, y que da vida, aliento, espíritu, a todos en el mundo es el que dice yo el Señor te he llamado para demostrar mi justicia yo te cuidaré y te sostendré porque te he dado a mi pueblo como confirmación personal de mi pacto con ellos serás también luz que guíe las naciones así a mí darás vista a los ciegos y libertarás a los que yacen en prisión de tinieblas y desaliento. Yo soy el Señor. Ese es mi nombre y no daré a ninguno otro mi gloria. Me compartí, no compartí mi alabanza con ídolos tallados. Todo lo que yo profeticé se cumplió y ahora volveré a profetizar. Te diré el futuro antes que acontezca. Canción de alabanza al Señor. Entonces, un canto nuevo al Señor. Entonen sus alabanzas todos los que habitan en los más remotos rincones de la tierra. Canta, oh mar. Canten todos los que moran en tierras distantes de ultramar. Únanse al coro, ciudades del desierto, Sedar y Selah, y ustedes también los que moran en las cumbres de los montes. Que las costas del oeste glorifiquen al Señor y canten su gran poder. El Señor será poderoso, guerrero, lleno de ira contra sus enemigos, lanzará un fuerte grito de guerra y vencerá. Él callaba desde hace tiempo, se habían dominado, pero ahora desatará su ira, gemirá y llorará como mujer que da luz. Aplanar los montes y colados y quemará su verdor, secará los ríos y estanques. Al ciego Israel lo conducirá por sendas que nunca antes vio. Antes ellos hará resplandecer las tinieblas y allanará y enderezará el camino que les espera. No los abandonará, pero los que confían en ídolos y los llaman dioses tendrán enorme desengaño. Serán desechados. Israel ciego y sordo. ¡Oh, qué ciegos y sordos son para con Dios! ¿Por qué no quieren escuchar? ¿Por qué no quieren ver? ¿Quién hay en el mundo tan ciego como mi pueblo? ¿Destinado a ser mi mensajero de la verdad? ¿Quién tan ciego como mi consagrado, el siervo del Señor? Ven y comprenden lo bueno, pero no hacen caso. No lo ponen por obra, oyen, pero no quieren entender. El Señor ha enaltecido su ley y la ha hecho verdaderamente gloriosa. Mediante ella había planeado mostrarle al mundo que Él es justo, pero que es espectáculo de su pueblo, los encargados de mostrarle a todo el mundo la gloria de su ley, pues son víctimas de robo y están esclavizados encarcelados, atrapados, presa de todos, sin quien los proteja. No hay entre ustedes siquiera uno que saque enseñanzas de estas lecciones del pasado y vea la ruina que les espera. ¿Quién permitó que a Israel se le robara y dañara? ¿No fue el Señor? Fue el Señor contra él cual pecado. Porque no quisieron ir a donde él los enviaba, ni escuchar sus leyes. Por eso derramó el Señor tan grande furia, e irá sobre su pueblo, y lo destruyó en batalla. Sin embargo, aun sobre el fuego que mandó, no entendieron, no entienden él, porque esta Dios deseo, deseoso. De que se arrepientan. Sin embargo, aún sobre el fuego y quemándose, no entienden él por qué está Dios deseoso de que se arrepienten. Amén y amén. Nueva versión viviente. New Living Bible en Spanish. Nueva Biblia viva. Welcome to today's podcast meeting, Sunday. I'm Ferdinand I'm an alcoholic. We're going to be doing our regular meeting with the Big Book on page twenty-four. Let us open up with the set aside prayer, please, and then we'll do the serenity prayer after that. Lord, help me to set aside everything I think I know about you, everything I think I know about myself. Everything I think I know about others and everything I think I know about recovery, my own, for a new experience in you, Lord, for a new experience in myself, for a new experience in my fellow man, and a much-needed experience in my recovery in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. So, uh, we'll start reading from the page twenty-four. The fact is, and we will comment right after each paragraph if we have something that um, that comes up. Okay. Okay. And uh, welcome, Kimberly. I'm glad you're you're consistent. Um, Thank you. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reason yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness, with sufficient force, the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. Has that ever happened to you, Kimberly?
1: Yes, I have memory, um, my memories of um, when I had been drinking and using and not able to work and not able to function and pay the rent. I lost all of those memories and how I was getting drunk and not controlling my alcohol use and I drank again. You know, it happens, it happens to alcoholics if we get far away from the program and we don't stay reading the book each day and staying in touch with other alcoholics.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. I, yeah, I remember getting a DUI and then, and, and starting the car up and going to the club again and acting like nothing has happened and. And then it hit me because I had that little keychain they gave me, the little twenty four hour key on my on my mm-hmm. keys, and then when I put that in the ignition, I thought, "Oh my God, I can't drive i just and then I remembered the shame, the loss of time the 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 the, the blood, the gravel, and uh I realized, my man, we should forget quickly." Like, I think God made us to forget yesterday so we can enjoy today, and, uh so, but yet, you know, uh, this was written in 19, in the late 1930s, but today, science has, it uh, says right here, for the fact that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink, um. That is an amazing statement, and, and uh, science has something to say about that, but we won't go into it because I don't have the facts here. So we'll move on. We'll move. Please read the next paragraph.
1: The almost certain consequences that follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted with the old, dreadbear idea. This time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There's a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. Yeah, same thing, I you know. I think that you can just have one drink.
0: Exactly. Uh, for me, I see step one in here when my sponsor had me in detail uh, do that step one 100% uh, perfectly by writing down every hiccup, every miss-up, every job loss, every relationship, every brawl, every, uh, every shame, every irresponsible act, um, you know, that, that happened to me while drinking, like pissing in my, you know, in my pants, um, you know, getting to the point where you didn't care anymore, because, uh, alcohol did its job. It pulled responsibility, safety, awareness, and, uh... And these, uh, you know, these this this uh, devil alcohol took, took over me. So I had to write all that down. So I'm 100% convinced that I'm an alcoholic. I can't drink anymore. And, and I needed to put in a documentation and sign it and agree with another individual that I was a mess up when it came to alcohol and drugs. That I was a complete uh, numbskull had no control <laughs> see how I am beat myself up because yeah. you know um, anyway let's move on uh, the third anything else you get anything no that's it okay the alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way it won't burn me this time so here's how or perhaps it doesn't think at all how often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant <laughs> way and after the third or fourth pawned it on the bar and said to themselves, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplanted by, well, what's the use of the sixth strength or what's the use anyhow? You know, uh, this is not my first rodeo. I fell off the wagon uh, after eight years of AA, and, and uh, I just stopped going to meetings. And mm. for five years, I drank. Uh, and that's it. Probably started with near beer, you know. Uh, uh, the, it won't hurt me this time, and things like that. Yeah. It, it never got as bad as as uh, collecting cans and homeless and not knowing my name because it was more social, hanging around with, uh, uh, you know, baseball and, and sports people and stuff. My my sister, my younger sister, and my brother in law that were very active in taking their kids all over the place, and that's where it started. Uh, but thank God that uh, I had to keep my Bible and my big book and my readings, not necessarily my big book, but the the Bible, reading the Bible, kept me from heavy scrapes until God sent someone to bring me back to AA, which was an incredible situation too. How about you? Uh mm. Did you ever say to yourself, it's not going to hurt me this time, I'll try it this way, or I'll try it that way?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just, I was completely separated from AA because I got involved in a job that had, you know, it was like you, after, after, did you say after 10 years or so? Yeah. Yeah, it was after 15 years, and I was, you know, I just, we forget, you know, we get it all wrapped up in life. And, you know, the thing too is that, you know, we want stimulation from things. We always want more of everything. So I wanted, I wanted AA to be the way to suit me. I wanted the meetings to suit me. I wanted everything in the program to be of service to me. I didn't want to be of service to the program. I thought I was being of service as a teacher so I I mean I had the right idea of being of service but when that fell apart I needed some I needed to talk to somebody in the program and I did talk to somebody for a little while but I didn't like what she said and I think she was like telling me her own war story and I didn't want to listen to that it was too you know I was tired so I was you know once you drift away Way and you get involved in something else you're in big trouble
0: amen amen we start um uh, picking on on why should we go to aa you know they say the same thing over and over those guys are are cranky but they were not they were very entertaining at that time am i am i balanced properly
1: no you're sideways
0: okay i just there you go i was trying to put the phone on the uh, charger It's got plenty of charge. Okay, our fourth paragraph says on page 24, When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendency, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid and unless locked up may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but could not. Where do you get out of that?
1: Well, I don't know. We, you know, I had to go to the hospital and and get help. I, It says like there, you know, you get locked up. And the same thing, you get locked up in the hospital. And the back then, it was the insane asylum. Or, the, you know, like they had hospitals, you know, recovery hospitals regularly. But um, yeah, so we need some We need someplace and people. I've heard people in program share. You know, I'm glad I went to jail. I'm glad they stopped me because I was able to sober up. You know, you're able to see. Look, this isn't working. I need help.
0: Amen. I always say that the judicial, uh, the court system, it was nothing but grace, uh, nothing but mercy. I deserved justice, but they gave me mercy. I remember my attorney getting in front of the judge and not letting him uh, do what the highway patrol had put on the report, severely punished this man. And they, they ended up sending me to Atterview School and AA, which I believe is nothing but mercy. I would have been up, you know, doing some time for driving three o'clock in the afternoon with a brand new pickup truck, totally drunk and smashing my neighbor's fence. Uh, and there was kids playing out, you know, you can see them. So it it was nothing but mercy, and I saw myself for the first time. But you know what it says right here throughout history, there's a percentage of us that are very uh, fortunate to be here in this program. Many of us come and go that we don't get it and say it doesn't work for me or don't have the opportunity, or even the judges don't have the knowledge of AA, you know, there are a lot of new judges come in, they have to learn so much. You would think they would. Or they they're their prejudice against it. I had one kid that had five DUIs and I was so surprised they didn't they didn't send him to AA when they allowed him to go home. You know, he says the uh the, the 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 judge said just for me to to uh check in once in a while. I said, Oh, he got another DUI and he ended up in a year. He didn't kill anybody, but I saw the writing on the wall of that uh you know, so we're, we're very great. Thank God that, that we've been chosen, almost like salvation for us Christians. We've been chosen by the grace of God to enter into kingdom in a new world where we can be uh, a light to others as people were a light to us. You know, once, once we wake up, I saw that I didn't know, that I didn't know, that I was uneducated, and I didn't know. Uh, I wasn't armed with the facts about alcoholism and life as AA did that to me and made me more aware of, of, of society and how much alcohol there was in society. It was all over the place, man. You couldn't go anywhere without someone offering you alcohol. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, our next paragraph says, there is a solution. Would you like to read that one, please? Yeah,
1: there is a solution. Almost none of us like self-searching, the leveling of our pride. A confession of shortcomings which a process requires for a successful consummation but we saw that it really worked in others and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and volatility of life as we had been living it when therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved there was nothing left for us to pick up a pick up a simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet we found much of heaven and we've been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence which had not even dreamed. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, that um, so we're talking about where we come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life. Um, you know, we start to recognize what what we were doing, you know. We do step one, like you were saying, um, it's the self-searching and leveling of our pride, confession of shortcomings. You know, I... You I, we were talking about drinking and driving. I... Do, I I did that too One night I left a bar and I was, I was drunk and I, I went to turn on a curve and rather than slowing down, I was going like as if I was going straight and I spun out on the side in the dirt. There was no fence there. It was like, it was a big turnout kind of a thing. And, uh, it wasn't meant, maybe it was meant to be a turnout. I don't know. Cause it was a curve. Um, but I could have been pulled over for a DUI just as easily as you or anybody else, you know, when I did that. And there were nights that, you know, I lived in the wine country in Northern California. There were nights that I would leave. And all I could remember about the drive home was looking at the fence posts on the drive home to make sure that I was going straight. And I remember just focusing on those yellow lines in the middle of the road to make sure I kept the car so I, I called it a brownout. It wasn't a blackout because I remember, you know, <laughs> I was not too drunk, but I was losing my ability to handle alcohol and I knew it and um, I needed it all the time for everything and um, And I was so codependent with other people too, but you know, once we sober up we start to get um, like it says not hopelessness and futility, but we get um, spiritual tools that we have available to us so we don't have to drink and resort to alcohol. And then, you know, we find – see, that was, I think, the mistake that I had when I drifted away from AA. I didn't use the spiritual tools regularly every day. You have to use it every day to get this spiritual dimension they're talking about, the fourth dimension, and then we start to enjoy our lives and you know yes aa might be repetitive but then we start to see where we can you know help other people to get that that's the idea
0: amen you know um this is this such a wonderful statement right here there is a solution and and it's a solution to the the hardening of the uh, uh, of the attitudes or the arteries in life you know that i've been using uh, pride and, um, and, uh, dishonesty. So I had a, I had a, you know, once when I came in, I, I realized that they came to the surface really fast. You know, if, if I was a thief, I was just, it was glaring so much that I was, uh, I was, a uh, and, and, um, uh, a habitual compulsive, uh, liar, you know, they just, and I wanted to, uh, to contradict anything, You know, you were if you were saying the sky is blue, I was saying it's gray, you know, just anything that just uh... so they had to leave me alone. And the solution was time, meetings, uh, a court card and uh, evaluate my own self searching and relaxing, relaxing. Um, And then I started to to say uncle that um, that I was approached by those in whom the problem had been solved. That one opened my jaw. There were men, that were real men who were contributing their time, uh, you know, what is it, selfishly, without any uh, compensation. You know, they were, and I could see in their hearts and hearts that they were doing it because they were sorry of how they drank in society. And I just, you know, I was like so much impressed and their honesty and their delivery, their, their, professionalism and delivery and speech you know that they can be 15 years in panhandling 20 years in the penitentiary and then and then they speak so well and deliver such a good message that uh I was blown away with Alcoholics Anonymous you know what they were it was just right for me and then and then on top of that I was rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence by the prayers you know uh, that I never even dreamed of, you know. That that, uh, like you said, a spiritual tool kit that aligned and taught me how to fly, how to fly solo out there, not needing other individuals to, uh, uh what do you call it, <clears throat> to agree with me in my lifestyle. <laughs> At the bar, you know, people will agree with you, and ah, eh, what the heck, have another one. You know, your job will be there, or you can get another one. Or in a relationship they'll say, uh another another bus will come through. Another bus will come through. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I think that's about good right now. Let's go ahead and switch over. we make a we make a note on it that there is a solution. Let's uh, switch over to the word of God now, the scriptures. Okay. And see what Proverbs today, Proverbs twenty seven, what might on the recovery Bible, uh if we can find a correlation between uh, the spiritual tools laid at our feet and what as Christians we'll f- uh which ones do we use a lot for us okay okay all right let's go I'll ahead. grab my okay I have mine's right here New Living Testament the recovery Bible it's been on like 25 30 years and they've Awesome to have one. You know, we have a little story. Uh, Kimberly ordered one in uh, Amazon. Um,
1: would you yeah. tell would
0: you tell them that story how you, you lost your your hey, brand yes. new Bible? I, I ordered
1: um, a recovery bible from a used bookstore on eBay and eBay had my thread I lived at what I was teaching. And they mailed it there and there was no recourse because they said, if you have the wrong address in there that we cannot do, didn't because, but once I guess the U S postal service delivers it, it's gone. And I didn't know that, but I found out the hard way. And so I was upset and I called Fernando here and I said, listen, I said, you know, they sent my recovery Bible. I was so upset. And he said, you need to thank God for this. And he said, you need to remember that somebody at that dress, maybe they needed that Bible. Maybe they can get a message from it. I putting the book up and seeing it and I went, okay. So I said, thank you God that I didn't get my recovery. Bible. And then shortly after that, we were at the park and there's a, a church at the park Sunday and they, they brought a Bible and Fernando had it for me and he brought it over here. And then I was there another day, and they had somebody had a box of them. They was, you know, a bunch of extra ones. So I took two more. Now I have three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got three brand new recovery Bibles.
1: Yeah, now I have one in the bedroom, so I could read in there, and then I have one out here in the living room, and then I have a one um, extra one in case someone <laughs> needs it. Then I could pass it on because that's always good too. You know, you have an extra one in case. Somebody yeah. else wants it, and uh, my friend online wanted one. She said she or ha she doesn't have one anymore, but she said she just uses her regular Bible now.
0: Yeah, I have two of recovery Bibles. Someone sent me a really old, tattered, stained one in the mail, uh-huh. and uh, and sure enough, I was amazed at the beauty of it. You know, my actually my uh, uh, one of my relatives sent it to me. You know, they're always sending me used books of all things. You know, oh, so that was kind of kind of them. You know, that's really expensive putting books on the mail. Yeah. All right, let's do chapter twenty-seven. I'll go ahead and read it, and if you hear something that your ears perk up and you like to say something, uh, go ahead and raise your hand. I'm gonna go ahead and read about six of them, then I'll turn it over to you. And,
1: chapter what?
0: Uh, Proverbs twenty-seven. Okay. Today is the twenty-seven, correct? Ah uh, yes. 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 All right. Let's let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, we ask you a special blessing of love on our listeners, Lord. Heal their wounds, restore their their failures, Lord, into successes so they will be a demonstration of omnipotential of what you can do in their lives in our lives, Lord. Our successes are your successes in directly from the 12-step program, Lord, that you have set us here to uh, flourish. So we thank you, Lord, that we flourish together as a team. Together, all of us can achieve more. And we pray for our team that's listening, that they may prosper and and be successful and harmonious in everything they do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm bucking to be a pastor someday, huh? <laughs> All right, Proverbs twenty-seven, verse one. Uh-oh! Don't brag about tomorrow. Look, punch me right in the nose, since you don't know what the day will bring. Has that been the problem at any time? Don't brag about tomorrow. That was a big problem with me. Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth; a stranger, not your own lips. That's a that's a beautiful one, for humbleness. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but the resentment caused by a fool is even heavier. Now this this one it says, uh, "Do not be, do not be offended easily, because if a fool offends me, then that resentment is going to be heavier when I take it home." Right? Is that what it says? A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but the resentment caused by a fool is even heavier. You know, the amazing thing that the the fool don't even know he did the resentment. He's just so used to making people resentful. You know, he ain't gonna change and Lord be that it be us that we go around giving people resentments.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood, but jealousy is even more dangerous. Anger is cruel. Wrath. I I don't understand the word wrath. Is like a flood. Wrath. What's wrath? Wrath is like rage with anger behind it. Wrath.
1: Well, they call it the wrath of God. You know, they used to say when the nature when we have natural problems that call it the wrath of God.
0: Wow, well, you know, That The word is not used too much, only in that content, Huh.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's extreme anger. It's like such rage that the person is going to kill someone.
0: And now, but we are mostly contaminated with jealousy when we get in a relationship. And that is extremely dangerous because jealousy uh, goes beyond anger and wrath. Jealousy. Uh, I'll give an example. You get into a relationship and God tells you, don't. Don't pay attention to the person like you would to me. Pay more attention to me than that person. And we don't, right? And then what happens, uh, jealousy comes into play. And we get jealous at meetings. We get jealous at neighbors. We get suspicious of phone calls. And, and then the whole world starts doing what uh, solidifying and agreeing with us in our jealousy. You know, just coincidence starts to happen to to put more jealousy on your plate, more reasons to be jealous, and it's and all of a sudden the devils and the negativity have a field day with a jealous person. They just drive yeah. them crazy. They'll say you see, you're even jealous of of of, of your of uh, dogs that are coming around. That's how evil that jealousy spirit can be.
1: Well, and there's a difference between jealousy and envy. Uh huh. Jealous is when it's in a relationship and jealousy is of another person. When you're envious, that's the green-eyed monster. You want what somebody else has. As jealousy is interfering with a with a person, like a person of another person. Like, I'm jealous of my sister having the attention of my dad. I was jealous.
0: Uh, you probably were, yeah, jealous. You probably were hurt. No love. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I wasn't the favorite and they told me that. <laughs> and I I didn't want to be the favorite anywhere. Anyway, you know, it's like I had I had nothing but friends, you know. Alright, let's keep on moving. Uh number five, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. <clears throat> now that's AA for you. I really love that one. An open rebuke. What's an open rebuke? Has that ever happened to you in AA by a strong sponsor?
1: Uh, no. Oh, well, yeah. In, in your meeting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I said, get your ass up early in time. You're in class. And this is a class and and we're calling the presence of God. I rebuked myself that way. When I, I don't know
1: if it was that one. I, I think it was something else. I don't know. I remember it's been a long time, but, uh, yeah sometimes sometimes you know i I think you meant to to try to keep the meeting going but yeah no, not in I haven't had somebody call me out in a meeting um ever women, the women in there you know they're pretty pretty careful about that, but they talk about you behind your back, that's one thing they did
0: yeah well, you want amen, so um uh, open <laughs> rebuke for me was like um um you know, many times, AA, that's what it is. When a person speaks, they're, you know, and he's wise and God is speaking through him in a meeting, they're, they're doing open rebukes at you, you know. Um, you could do better. You know, you, you could read one one story a week. You got 24 hours a day. You can read one story, study one story a week, record it on your, on your power phone so you'll have and conquer the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <clears throat> open rebuke is, uh, I'm looking at the golf. I'm looking at this and that, and I'm still saying, well, my life is not working very well. It's just, well, I'm not putting enough uh, of the material of a, of imaginary successful life, uh, a blueprint. Someone drank, they messed things up, they ended up in AA in the recovery system, they started helping others, then their life got extremely better. They go places doing things. So it's kind of like a fairy tale. You read one every week. And what's going to happen? I'm going to, I'm going to play that in my life. You know, start going places, doing things that are, were beyond my scope of, of uh, imagination. And then uh, the number six says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. A sincere friend will tell us the truth. I said, you're drinking too much. Hey man, you really messed that one up. Or, you know, you should get yourself together and go to school, and and uh, or you should really go back and take care of those kids, or, or whatever. Um, sincerity and friendship is uh, is very valuable to tell a person uh, the truth. You know. So those five and six go together. Number seven. Okay, now your turn. You go ahead and read the next six.
1: Oh. Hang on. It's Proverbs twenty-seven, right?
0: Yes, verse
1: seven. Is it after? Okay. Uh Verse seven. Okay. A person who is full refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. A person who strays from home is like a bird that strays from its nest. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Never abandon a friend either yours or your father's. When disaster strikes, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbor than to a brother who lives far away. Be wise, my child, and make my heart glad. Then I will be able to answer my critics. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Um, get security from someone who guarantees a stranger's debt. Get a deposit if he does it for foreigners. A loud, a loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse.
0: Okay, let's go ahead and stop there. Uh, it seems like it's poetic because it's all about friendship and a heartfelt... Uh, that verse she read on uh, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is sweet as perfume and incense. You know, when someone drops a concern in your heart and you can't shake it off, like you know, a stranger came up to me and told me I should get rid of uh, that motorcycle. She said she worked in uh in a hospital and she said this great strong six and a half foot uh, gigantic man in wheelchairs and reduced to to powder because of the uh of the motorcycle accident you know and uh it, w- it was a friend that dropped honey in, and then i sold the motorcycle right away i figured well it's kind of god telling me to get rid of the motorcycle and i did
1: oh yeah
0: uh but i really like number 10 uh the the recovery bible has something to say about 10 so would you go ahead i'll read the scripture 10 again and then you read the commentary okay says never abandon a friend either yours or your father's when disaster strikes you won't have to ask your brother for assistance it's better to go to a neighbor than to a brother who lives far away in other words i always have the door open and be friendly and on nice terms with uh the the, your your father's friends that he has established and your friends that you have established want to go ahead and read the commentary please
1: Friends are an important resource in recovery. We need people to whom we can be accountable and to whom we can turn in times of need. Friends are, who are honest with us and have our best interests at heart, just as we want our friends to stick by us in times of crisis, we should also support them when they need help. If others, we will have our own support network in place whenever we need help.
0: And what a blessing that we have AA automatically in our friendships. You know, we, you know, we can tell. Hey, man, what did you get out of this reading? These friendship.
1: Well, I agree with that, that, you know, and that's one of the areas that I need to work on um, is having more. It's been a little bit hard during the pandemic. My dad had just died, and I still didn't have very many friends. <clears throat> um, it, and it can be hard sometimes when we are grieving the loss of someone who was our a real good friend, and we're still out there trying to make new friends. So that's where I am.
0: You know, uh, Fernando, <coughs> I'm an alcoholic. I uh... I think we're we're so blessed to have a fellowship. I've got two points on that. one of them is um, uh, I really admire how when a person sells the truth um in a in a group setting and that's curt, you know don't hold that stuff in you know say where you're at living life because when my my loved ones passed away, it took me years to um what do you call it to grieve? You know, a lot of us, the grievance doesn't come out right away. And to me, even on the seventh year around that time, I can sense that my heart was broken in my sharing, in my reading, you know, and I heard that the emotional person was coming up and um, it would have been best for me to go out and grieve for 30 days or 45 days and make myself grieve. And and think of uh, sad stories so I can cry. Think of emotional things so you know, and really <clears throat> put it on a date. I'm gonna grieve for 45 days, you know, and and then yeah. because it's it's, uh, and because it's very hard for me to open up. So if I would concentrate on on opening up and grieving, grieving the loss of my dad, the loss of my mom. The loss of my sister. Even as I talk about it right now, something wants to come out. So, uh, I need probably still have more grieving to do. You know, Uh, I grieved uh, as a when my dad was not around, and I know my older brother took it harder. And we hit the streets, and we're in rage, you know, and fighting, and 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 taking things that didn't belong to us, and gangs coming to our house and wanting to fight us, either me or my brother. <clears throat> and all it was because we didn't grieve properly, you know, no grievance. Uh, 30 times in juvenile hall, I was counting them. You know, how many times did I pull my my seamstress mother, single mother, out of her work to keep us, all five of us alive, you know, and um, I was just, uh, I can see how much she loved me today, you know, how much she loved me. So I need to uh, probably lock myself <clears throat> and grieve, you know, and say, when I'm When you gonna... were little? Huh?
1: When you were little, you needed to grieve?
0: Uh, no, I need to grieve now, you know. Oh. I was picking up my, my causes for grieving when I was little, <laughs> you know. Uh, in other words, when, when you uh, are raised in an unstable home, which 85, 90% of us are in the world, you know, very few have very white picket fence and justice in the house or and right and wrong and choices. And we're raised with love. Yeah. A lot of us are raised with fear, superstitious, uh, siblings bang, banging on you with uh, rip, bricks and pipes and so forth. And you, man, this is a cruel world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love my life just the way it is. Oh, thank I think that's about enough. What do you think? Let's go ahead and end it there. We covered, okay. l- we covered a lot of territory in this hour.
1: Yeah, we have another meeting at 8.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, well, let's go ahead and, uh, as uh, Christians, we go ahead and take communion and acknowledge okay. our higher power. That he said for us, he gave us instructions. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So I have my little uh, piece of bread here ready. Thanks. Okay. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you went to the cross and you died for us. You paid the price so that we can be forgiven, pardoned. Thank you for your justice system, that you took all our sins away, all our failures, all our shame. You took our alcoholic uh, tendencies away, Lord, and you've given us your peace, your salvation, your new life in Christ Jesus. Thank you that you died on the cross for us, Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and partake of the body of Christ, which is the bread of life.
1: Amen. body of
0: Christ. hmm And with that, Jesus took the cup and said, Drink of this. This is my blood shed for you for the remission of sins. He goes, Do this in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. So let's partake of the blood of Christ that cleanses our souls, sanctifies us, make, gives us the wisdom of Christ, the righteousness of Jesus. We inherit the, the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ and we are sanctified. We're clean in our souls. Jesus said only our feet need to be washed so we're washing our feet right now. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for your blood. Let us partake of the blood of Christ.
1: blood of Christ. Wow.
0: Thank you, Father, for your new covenant, Lord. We rejoice and we're glad that you you have sealed us with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're grateful for that. Thank you, everyone, for showing up today. Thank you, all you. I love you all. God bless you. And thank you for 12-stepping me with some big kicks in my head. Hasta la vista. Bye now.